Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have a conversation with Mr. Paul Rankin. He is a franchisee of a Chick-fil-A restaurant here in Columbus, Ohio. He talks about just the selection process to become an owner-operator for the restaurant. He also tells some incredible customer service stories of Chick-fil-A. So, hope you enjoy this episode of Tell Us a Good Story. are excited we have what to share with friends here you guys it's out you met her where it is on amazon it is now on barnes and noble it's on our website kevinandsteph.com and we've launched our e-reader wait is e-reader is e-book. That what you yes. e-book we've launched our e-book so exciting we've had tons of reviews it's we're just thrilled so we want to you know give you the opportunity to buy our book. So excited. If you go to kevinandsteph.com, we can actually autograph it for him <gasps> as well. We could, we if you want. Yes. My if you would like that, we can though. certainly do that if you go to, if you buy it through kevinandsteph.com. Yep. Otherwise, you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but the feedback's been incredible. Thank you, everyone who's given us a review. The more the reviews, the better. So thank you for those who have actually gone on to their Amazon account and reviewed that. So get that uh, and I hope that's a blessing to you. Thank you so much. All right, Steph. Are you ready for this one, honey? So excited. We yes. have been anxiously waiting to have this conversation with our next guest for actually the last couple of weeks. We have. And we find- or months. Actually, it has been it's months. It's been months. It has been months. This is a, he's a big deal so <laughs> in I the city out, of Columbus. I reached out to this next guest before the coronavirus hit, mm-hmm. and he politely said, hey, talk to me in a few months a once busy. life gets a little bit back to normal. Mm-hmm. So... Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is a husband, a father of three, and the franchise owner of the Easton Chick-fil-A restaurant (gasps) here in Columbus, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. Paul Rankin. Thank you. Mr. (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Hello, sir. Here we go. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me today. This is going to be fun. I want to tell you, our daughter was so excited when she found out we were talking to an owner of Chick-fil-A, like I, I'm shocked she's not here with a headset just to ask you questions because she's so excited about this. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Who doesn't love Chick-fil-A? Oh my gosh. This is going to be so much fun. So Paul, how, how long have you worked with the company actually? So I'm right at 10 years now. Uh, so I, I worked as a team member, uh, believe it or not, when I was uh, a senior in high school, I started off my Chick-fil-A career and okay. went away and did a bunch of other things uh, and then came back. Um, and worked and ran one for about two years for a multi-unit operator. And then this is my seventh year as an owner-operator. Seventh year? Wow. Really? What did you go to school for? So I actually went to school to be a pastor, believe it or not. My uh, undergrad degree is in pastoral ministry, and my master's degree is in youth and family. So believe it or not, we do a ton of chicken sales, but we also do a ton of counseling. So uh, ministry goes hand in hand to being an entrepreneur. So where were you at before uh, the Easton opened up? So I own, so we opened almost two years ago in Easton, um, and four years before that, a little over four years, I was in West Virginia, Clarksburg, West Virginia, uh, and before uh, that, okay. I was in Beckley, West Virginia, uh, running a location down there. Okay. Now, people, if you don't know, Easton Chick Fil A opened two years ago. 
we were just there today on what is say Wednesday. It has three like areas to, for drive through. Am three I not? Yes. Three lanes. And three lanes. And it's crazy. Like the, it was just constant, constant motion every on a t- Wednesday. Every time I go to Chick Fil A, especially his, right? Mm-hmm. It has the three lanes. I'm always, I'm always fascinated because I show up, your drive through slammed, and it for me, I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter. This is going to go quick, and I will, I'll actually like time it. And I always think like, man, I wish whoever designed this, whoever runs this efficient drive-through i wish they would do the the Marketing. highways yeah. do, do the highways and <laughs> right. make that as efficient as this that's right oh my gosh it's incredible so, so, I so was r- look- running the ahead. government as well is that that's another one yes. we, we, yeah. we've been accused yes. of uh, being able to run the government so <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no kidding so steph here's a couple things so i i did some research here on chick-fil-a this afternoon all right so of the top 10 fast food chains where do you think Chick-fil-A ranks in regards to sales revenue mm. in the top 10? The problem with Chick-fil-A is they're not open on Sunday. That is correct. It's true. So that would hurt revenue. But it's the Lord's chicken. So I'm going <laughs> to say it's blessed. <laughs> so I'm going number five. Number five. Number five. Paul, what is it, sir? We're number one. We're number one per restaurant. In what? It, per yes, restaurant, that is true. Per restaurant, um, we're number one in the nation. Yep. And and it's not even close. Yeah. So in total sales revenue, Chick-fil-A is number three. So what do you think is number one? McDonald's. Number two? Wendy's. Starbucks. Star- Starbucks. You, no. And by the end of the year, by the end of the year, we will pass Starbucks. What? Are you serious? We'll be number in 2020? Two. We'll be the, the number two. Uh, chain in, in in the United States um, by the end of the year, and again being close on a Sunday. And that's incre- yeah. yeah. So Chick Fil A. Well, let me go to McDonald's. McDonald's in 2019. To- this is total sales revenue. Okay, had 40.4 billion sales. Starbucks 21.4. Chick Fil A 11.3. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but like you just said, Chick Fil A is closed on Sundays mm-hmm. and has significantly less locations than McDonald's oh, yeah. and Starbucks. So Chick-fil-A has, uh, end of the year, 2,470 locations. Mm-hmm. 2,400, okay. Taco Bell is number four, okay, in sales revenue. Okay. They have almost 7,000 locations. Oh, my goodness. Burger King has 7,400 locations. They're number five. Okay. And then Wendy's is actually six. They have close to 6,000 locations. That is incredible. So last year, and and correct me if I'm wrong, if you've seen this, Paul, because I know you probably can rattle off these stats off the top of your head. But again, the research I was doing, it said when a Chick-fil-A opens within the first six months, you see the local um, Wendy's, their traffic falls by five and a half percent. Yeah. Burger King falls by four and a half percent and McDonald's is almost 2%. They see their traffic go down when a Chick-fil-A opens up in, in their area. Yeah. And, and you want to be a good neighbor and you want to send like a, you know, a parting gift. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're so sorry that we're hurting your sales. You know, like, so sorry. So, but, but yes, um, we certainly have had some, some folks from other restaurants uh, apply for us. Um, so it's, it's, it, the, it is definitely a blessing. Um, there's certainly some challenges to that um, when you take other people's business and competition. 
Um, right. We've, we've certainly had a, a lot of favor. And that drive through that you mentioned is just a huge part of our success, um, especially COVID-19, just been unreal. I mean, just right. the drive through records, uh, we hit 237 cars um, in one hour. Uh, last what? last week, two hundred and thirty-seven cars. So if you're if you're scoring at home, that's one car about every fifteen seconds, and it takes yeah. you actually seven seconds from where you were to pull up to the window. So that's about every fifteen seconds, someone pulling out of the drive-through. One what? car every. This is yours or total? Yeah, this is ours. Yeah, this was our. This, this was is our yours. Last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so. is incredible. So a lot of cool oh my systems, gosh. a lot of unique um, features that we're doing. Uh, six iPad order takers, three outside runners on the other side. So just some of those efficiencies. When you talk about some of those other chains, they've got one order point. So they can only right. serve one guest at a time where we're serving six at one time. And we're doing obviously the iPads. If you're familiar and you've ever eaten at a Chick-fil-A, you pull up and an outside order taker takes your menu. So we've got some fantastic technology that has certainly helped prepare us for this season. Um, and it's fun. It's we love it. We, we love serving guests. Now, did you implement this, or did the Chick Fil A corporate implement it and then pass it down to you guys? Yeah. So the, the technology is available to, and, and most Chick Fil A's utilize the, the iPads outside. Um, but as far as the staffing and the, the you know the strategies, uh, we're actually the number six uh, drive through in the Midwest uh, out of like four hundred stores. Um, so oh what? my goodness! So our store is definitely. I'm uh, seeing some tremendous growth. So proud of my team. Um, we That's t- amazing, Paul. W- today at lunch, we had 39 people on the clock just at lunch. So to be able to do that kind of volume. Working. Um, what? Yeah. So That is incredible. A lot of people behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, to your point, what you said earlier, you have a unique system. When you look at Wendy's, McDonald's, they're using the same exact method mm-hmm. from when I was a kid. Sure. Sure. It's true. I mean, the only difference is some of them have two lanes that merge into one. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I've seen. But yeah, it's literally like the same exact system since we were kids. And let's talk about team here. Whenever I've been to Chick-fil-A, everyone's happy. Sure. Everyone <laughs> is so kind and gracious. I, I'm sorry, McDonald's, Wendy's. People aren't that happy. Yeah. <laughs> if they have this attitude, but not at Chick-fil-A. What do you accustom that to? So let me so let me tell you a story about since this is a story podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Absolutely. Chick-fil-A is known for the phrase, well, you say thank you, we say what? My pleasure, right? So that that's kind of our verbiage, is what we're known for. But believe it or not, Chick-fil-A, our founder, Truett Kathy, actually visited Ritz Carlton. Uh, which is a high-end hotel and yes. um, not not a ton of guests traditionally get to go to Ritz Carlton. Yep. But Truett was so overwhelmed when he visited with the hospitality that all the staff was saying, my pleasure, that he came back that next year at our big seminar, which we have every year, every February, uh, the owner operators get together for a three to four uh, day seminar. Um, and he, he said, hey, we're going to be known for saying my pleasure. And, you know, at the beginning, this is like, oh, one, oh, two. Uh, kind okay. of owner operators are like, whatever, this is, you know, what's he talking about? My pleasure. But true at being a visionary, being ahead of his time, um, it took a couple of years, but owner operators began to implement that into their stores. And now, you know, that hospitality factor 
people think, say, wow, they're so nice. They're so, it's because it truly is our pleasure to serve guests. And we typically spend between 18 to 22 hours training each team member before they ever say anything to you and get in front of you. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, of course, Chick-fil-A is known for their customer service, right? So, what are you, besides saying, my pleasure, what are you training them on, on how to look polite, how to sure. act polite? Because I did notice Chick-fil-A has won multiple awards for being the most polite franchise restaurant um, in the past, like, several years is, is what I had read. Sure. So I guess, what do you do specifically to train someone to be polite, regardless of what they're going through with their personal life and, you know, coming in, making sure, smi- you know, smiley face, act like you're happy, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, just some simple techniques that we do. We talk about the core four that we can teach any team member. So, you know, you come to the register, I look at you, Kevin, and first thing I would say, I'd make eye contact. That's the first thing. I share okay. a smile. That's the second thing. I thirdly speak enthusiastically. And four, I stay connected. So while I'm making eye contact, I try to stay connected in that conversation through by saying, so, hey, that's that's an awesome t-shirt. Oh, you know how I state fan, whatever it might be, but some way to move this beyond a transaction to a connection where you enjoy this conversation. It might be 45 seconds over the register, but you're connected and we make a connection. Um, so that's uh, just one of the, the easy tips. Um, and then we secondly talk a lot about upgraded language. Um, okay. So instead of, you know, someone saying, um, you know, Hey, I want this instead of saying, yep. Uh-huh. Whatever, you know, just kind of nonchalantly that you see. And, and unfortunately so many people's vernacular, but we would say, absolutely. Certainly. It'd be my pleasure. So we're just taking a phrase just as simple as yes. And we're making it sound kind of, if you're, you're around my age, kind of like the gray poupon back in the day, you know, yes, the, the nice, yes. the upgraded mustard. Uh, yes. So we're, we're taking a phrase and we're just polishing that phrase where it, it is acceptable for you to hear it in a different way. And it just sets us apart. What great life skills your employees yes. are receiving from just working at Chick-fil-A. Cause mm-hmm. I know a lot of teens their vernacular is not very sure. good, yeah. but just to learn how to speak properly to a guest or to someone you don't know, that's an amazing skill that you're teaching them. Huge. So Paul, I am fascinated by the selection process to become mm-hmm. a franchise owner. So I heard you speak at a, at a men's group a few weeks ago and you made the comment and I wanted you to share this with Steph that it is harder to become a franchise owner with Chick-fil-A than something else. Can you tell us what that into the, is? Did they get into Harvard? Uh, and somehow yes. I just figured out how in the world did they miss it on my application. So, <laughs> yeah, so the, <laughs> the stat is we, we traditionally have uh, Chick-fil-A has about 60,000 because it is an, it's an attractive company, right? I mean, so people mm-hmm. see the drive through lines, people see the efficiencies, and they automatically say, hey, uh, they're printing you know, they're printing money. Like I want to own one of those. So there's some right. misconceptions about Chick-fil-A, which we can certainly kind of hash through that here after I throw the stat out. But basically because of that attraction, we typically see 50 to 60,000. I think it kind of tiered up a few years up toward the 70, but it's kind of back down in the 60,000 range per year of people who want to own and operate a Chick-fil-A franchise. The challenge is, as you mentioned earlier, Chick-fil-A just doesn't build a whole lot of 
of restaurants. They, right. they typically build 105 to 120 a restaurant uh, or a year, and they have climbed. We, we use this phrase, climb with care and confidence. So they've no, never overextended themselves. They've not tried to build 500 a year. Chick-fil-A is actually debt-free because we slowly build these restaurants. Mm. We do a, a strategic, you know, figuring out where we're going to put them across the country. Chick-fil-A decides that. So you can't call up and say, hey, I want to build one in Butte, Montana. I, I found this right. great piece of property. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Chick-fil-A says, this is where we're going to build it. And then we're going to select who we want to run this franchise and who we want to go in partnership with. So there's about uh, 105, 120 that they build a year. And then of that, typically internally, most of those go to that. So there's typically about 40 restaurants a year that go to outside candidates, which is what I was, even though I worked a year in high school, I went away and did a ton of other stuff and then applied um, as an outside candidate to hope to get in. And so if 40 divided by 60,000, then you've got basically yep. got a one in 1,333 shot, which is 0.007%. <laughs> I've got the actual stats here. Okay. So I, I wrote this down. So in 2018, it's, it's what you said, 68,000 people yeah. applied. Yeah. And 100 were accepted. And so of that, that, and of that 100, probably 70 right. of those were already working in the company. Right. So, right. so 0.15% acceptance rate which is the lowest in the industry and makes it 37 times as selective as getting into Harvard. Wow. That's crazy. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I thought it was a little bit more. Uh, so that's incredible. <laughs> so, so yeah, that is incredible. It, it is a great company to partner with because I have my own LLC and then there's Chick-fil-A. So I supply the people, we hire the people, we train the people. Chick-fil-A is responsible for the building and the product. Um, so hmm. we marry the two of those. So, um, Unfortunately, if there's a big people fiasco, it, it falls under me. But if it's a food safety issue or a food issue, um, then we rely on you know Chick-fil-A in that, that supply chain and that partnership there. So what is the application process like then? Yeah, so my, my journey was three years. Um, so when I began the journey, um, I felt like, hey, I, I, was, I started and launched a, a photo booth company, which, by the way, Chick-fil-A is a great company. But... They're in the business, uh, so they really want someone who loves business and has kind of a entrepreneur spirit and a business right. acumen. So, um, so I, I loved ever since I was a little boy real estate, um, and I'd launched this company, this photo booth company, and I said, you know what, I, I want to be a franchisee. And I had that year in high school that I had some roots with Chick Fil A, and I said, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm going to want to do it with the best. I think Chick Fil A is fantastic. I just kind of went on this journey to say, you know what, at some point they're going to say no. There's no way I can get into Harvard, so there's certainly no way I can get into <laughs> Chick Fil A, right? Um, but you know what, uh, I, I just would have an interview, and it, the interview would go go well, and just kind of kept going along, and they never told me no. Um, and so basically, you get to this spot where. It's kind of like a football game. There's the 50-yard line, right? You, you, you got to get into the other team's territory. There becomes a point in the interview process where Chick-fil-A says, okay, we, we like Paul or we like whoever, and we feel like this would be a great partner. Let's try to, to make it work. Well, then they decide they like you. Now they got to find a place to put you. So they've right. got to figure out a fit in a town that really they're looking to match up some personalities. So it worked for me for Columbus. 
I, I grew up in Marion, spent 12, 13 years there. Uh, so I had some roots. Ohio wanted to get back to Ohio. Um, so, but for me to uh, initially get selected, I uh, opened up an area and said, hey, I'll go to 9, 10, 12 states. And I said, you know, just let's have conversation around those places once they felt comfortable who I was. And they said, all right, when we're building something, we'll call you. And then you would get matched up against other candidates. And that person might have kind of some roots at that place and it might fit for them. And then they say, hey, we still like you, but this isn't the place for you. And then you don't hear from Chick-fil-A for four months. And you're like, man, this is never going to happen. And you're growing impatient. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they call and say, hey, what do you you think about uh, Chicago, Illinois? Oh, I love Chicago. I'm a huge (laughs) Cubs fan. Hey, I I love you. And you're trying to make all these scenarios work. Uh, that, you know, that weren't, you know, that you just wanted to be an operator. So I want to be with Chick-fil-A. So uh, fast forward or rewind back to 2014. Um, I was selected in that, the beginning of January, 2014. Then you go to operator school and you learn all this stuff about food safety and Chick-fil-A and hospitality. Yeah. I was gone for about six weeks from my family. And then March of 2014, I, uh, I, I opened that restaurant there in, in West Virginia. I want to know, you get the phone call. Where are you? What like what's the emotions coming when you get that yeah. first when so, you get that phone so call? So funny funny story. We were trying to get into Ohio before West Virginia and we were a, actually um, Hilliard on the west side. It, it came open. The operator was leaving to go to a different restaurant and we were the final two. We we came up here, interviewed for it, felt fantastic about it. I actually started looking at houses, get a phone call a couple of days later and they say we're not selecting you for this restaurant and just the emotions of, are you kidding me? We felt like this was it. We want to be in Columbus. And about six weeks later, um, we're driving down the road, my wife and I together and they call and say, Hey, we want you to be, to, to be an owner operator. There's actually two restaurants that you can choose from that two came available at the same time. And we chose the one there in Clarksburg, uh, the Meadowbrook mall location and, uh, just thrilled. Uh, it just felt like, this journey's over, we know, uh, and then you begin to prepare uh, for a different career. Was your heart pounding? Like, I can just see you and your wife driving, and then all of a sudden you're talking, and your phone starts <laughs> ringing, and there's the number, and you're like, I'd you're oh, off the road. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we did. We, pu- we pulled over. We pulled over, and we're just like <laughs> screaming and just excitement, <laughs> relief. Like this is over. You know, like it's really just begun, but it's over. Yeah. You know, like yes. the journey is is finally here. It's it's done. So we're thankful. That's oh, awesome. that is awesome. So how many how many interviews, Paul, do you think you went through? Yeah, so I actually before... had 11 interviews down to Atlanta. They flied me down a no way. 11 different times. And then we had, I mean, so many phone interviews because um, they, they fly you down anytime that they're interested in you in a specific location. So I had all of these okay. specific locations that just weren't fitting. And, and I actually told my wife, I love financial planning and, um, and accounting and and those things that work on numbers. And I told my wife, I said, and this was in August after Columbus was a no, I told her, I said, if we don't get selected by the end of the year, I just, it's been almost three years. I just don't know if this thing's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue, I'm going to pursue financial planning and we're going to move in a different direction. But thankfully it it did happen. And I got into Harvard. uh, So uh, (laughs) nice to be on the other side. So, Literally, that is incredible. So, yep. so what takes you from West Virginia to Easton? Like, how internally do you get moved to a different restaurant? Then, it's a great question. So, um, just the volume. Uh, we we anticipated Columbus being huge, which it has has been great, and we've 
had to build up to that the last couple of years with systems and people, but um, just knew that uh, the opportunity was, was going to be much better. Um, so then you just say, Hey, we have kind of a back office that when restaurants become available or they're building new. Um, so then we, we applied formally applied and they narrow it down kind of you're back into that same selection process. Like, oh, okay. they, you know, like, Hey, they could tell me no for this restaurant. And I mean, at that end, worst case scenario, you stay where you're doing well and you're already making a good income. But when you see the hope of what's there potentially, so um, th- probably 30, 35 applications internally for this location. And then they narrowed it down to three, uh, which I was one, thankfully, of those three. They came out and visited my current restaurant and our systems and interviewed our leadership team. And then um, I got a call about three weeks later. And we were we knew we were going to be selected for this one. So once again, just kind of some jubilation and excitement that, that occurred on that end as well. So do you have two restaurants then, Columbus and West Virginia? No, so, so great thing, great question. With Chick-fil-A, um, you can own up to three at one time, but they have to be within a 10-mile radius. So we had to give up the one in West Virginia to be able to relocate. Um, so the, the really? franchise model with Chick-fil-A, kind of going back to that misconception, um, is you know it's it's locally owned and locally operated they want you to be a part um so you can know your people and know your customer bases you can't have like 40 um which there are some other franchises that just kind of run up the numbers um but those people just aren't invested it's it's impossible to be invested everybody has a leadership capacity a cap so um, chick-fil-a's model just said you know that's not going to be us we want people who are invested locally and care about their people steph paul just mentioned Chick-fil-A headquarters actually came out to his restaurant in West Virginia mm-hmm. to view it. I thought a home inspection was nerve-wracking for us. <laughs> yeah. That would yeah, be no idea. nerve-wracking. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> that they oh. would be looking at everything from how polite your yep. staff is to yeah. the cleanliness to the customer service. Sure. I mean, every little detail. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, you, you Chick-fil-A is known for the customer service. Paul, do you have any good stories you could share of some extraordinary customer service that you've witnessed, you've mm-hmm. seen, or you've heard that you could that you could share? Yeah, there's a couple of years ago. Um, well, I feel like something comes out every week. I mean, just owner operators um, to hire great people, and we could talk a second about kind of that hiring process. But there's a couple of years ago there was a story where the big hurricanes were happening out in Texas, and uh, there was an elderly couple that their house literally was flooding um, and they couldn't get out and they didn't know what to do. So they thought, you know, if anybody can help us, you would think they would call the police. No, they called their local Chick-fil-A and a Chick-fil-A owner operator sends a jet ski to rescue two of his favorite customers um, that they just had a relationship with that emotional connection. And so, so this owner operator gets these, this elderly couple rescued from this flood. They're at the top of their house on their roof and somebody rolls up with a jet ski and saves them. Um, and then wow. recently within the last six months, there was uh, a team member in the drive through uh, that w- they were handing out food to a customer on the other end. And they noticed um, that someone in the passenger seat was choking. And that uh, so the team member pulls out uh, or just jumps in that car and, and uh, rescues that person who was actually sh- um, stuck. The seatbelt was stuck around their neck 
and they oh saved gosh. that person's life in the drive-through. Um, so I, I didn't save anybody's life today. We did sell a ton of chicken and serve a lot of people, but um, Chick-fil-A just talks a lot about second mile service and going above and beyond. So I just think it's an amazing testament testament to you know this elderly couple instead of calling the authorities they call their local chick-fil-a yes. because there was that relationship mm-hmm. and that's what we want to do we want you know the same people who come in day in day out and we've earned their trust uh, but it's just more than chicken you know that it's it's about relationship and it's about living life together i want to brag about you because i'm sure our listeners don't know this but you partnered with our church and you during covid and you reached out and blessed hospital staffs with your Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Like, if that Thank doesn't you. show the heart and the character of not only Chick-fil-A, but you as an owner to do that, like, that's just incredible to me. What, yeah. What, can you explain that process, what you did when you showed up to Mount Carmel Saint East or yeah. St. Anne's yeah. Hospital? And I think... Were you giving out boxes of food? What, yeah, how did that yeah, work? we do, we do a lot of times to um, to nurses and to. I mean, we might honor teachers through Teacher Appreciation Day, but we call it surprise and delight, where we just you know people love Chick Fil A, so it's a delight. And then when you show up and they're not expecting it, it's you know wow, surprise. Um, <laughs> so just our, our part of our strategies, we just want to bless people uh, because they are you know they they keep us in business and we we acknowledge that. So it might be. Uh, you know, just a, a cookie at the end of an order to say, hey, thanks. You know, we appreciate you kind of from a day-to-day guest or it might be we go to a hospital and partner in the community or we might do something with Little League or we might do something with um, schools. Um, so I think each owner-operator kind of has their heartstrings pulled uh, in the community uh, because of things they're passionate about and love. And we love churches and we love my wife's been a teacher for a long time, so we love education, you know, and educators. So those are kind of kind of our passion points. How many sandwiches did you hand out to these hospitals? So we did 800 box lunches. Um, so some, so we did a couple of different events. Sometimes the church purchased and sometimes we donated. Um, so there was, there was a partnership. And then one time um, the church did, I think, like 6,000 sandwiches um, on a Saturday. We did like a Easter event that we partnered with the church on. So it is partook been, in that. Yeah, it was. Yes, it, is, it was awesome. <laughs> it has been a busy um, time during during COVID. Um, but yeah, it's just it's fun. The, just the freedom that we have to give and the bless other people is is incredible. Six thousand sandwiches. Yeah. We pulled through at like eleven. Yeah. I swear we were one of the first ones. We were so I'm like I want my Chick Fil A sandwich. <laughs> I was so excited. That's great. But what time do you guys get up or have staff there? Like how many people are there making 6,000 sandwiches? Like how do you do that? Yeah. So we, we, we can typically crank out about um, a thousand to 1100 an hour um, with, with, oh my uh, gosh. with oh my sandwiches. We have. Yeah. So, um, so we have the capacity for that. So uh, we typically open at six thirty, and we weren't serving until I think, 11 or whatever. So we didn't come in, you know, any earlier than we normally do, but you just bring more people on and you, uh, and I think that that's what's so neat when we talked about those 39 people earlier, the team members who do it day in, day out, you have a specific role, a specific uh, task. We want you to be positionally excellent. And that's all we're asking as opposed to if you'll go somewhere else, the lady's on the speaker, she's making the drink, you pull up, mm-hmm. she's talking to you, she takes your money and you can't move cars. You can't do it. You, know, you can't be quick because you're doing too many tasks. Right. So from mm-hmm. a leadership standpoint, 
it's just great to watch people slow down and to be excellent in one thing. So if any of our, if our listeners are, are hearing anything today, maybe you can kind of look and observe what they're doing. Um, and maybe they just need to slow down and be excellent in what they're doing and try to get a little bit more help to be a little bit more efficient. Now, listeners, I, I want to be very, very specific to something Paul just mentioned. So in, you said Texas, I believe someone had, they had a flood. They mm-hmm. called Chick-fil-A. If your house is on, if, in a flood, <laughs> if your house is on fire, <laughs> it is probably not in your best interest to call Chick-fil-A. That's right, that's okay. right. I just want to make that very right, clear. Disclaimer. Yes. That is the and I don't own a jet ski, so don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> or a boat. Okay. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's funny. So you t- I love statistics, right? So Paul, can you give us any stats on the number of chicken minis you go through, or chicken sandwiches you go through on a, on a daily basis at you know your location at Easter? Sure. Do you have any fun stats? So yeah, I, I pulled just a couple. Um, so today's Wednesday, so I pulled yesterday's stats for the whole day. Oh, good. And uh, Tuesday, we sold 1,998 sandwiches of Chick-fil-A or Spicy, and we sold... <laughs> 10,770 nuggets. So those come no. in 8, 12, or 30 pack, uh, which has been a popular thing. Uh, people find out of our nuggets being 30 packs. So, um, so that's a lot, 10,770 nuggets. Yes. Uh, and everything is hand prepared. So we have a breader who touches every piece of chicken. Um, what? That is oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know every, that. Everything is pre- prepared in-house. Um, we actually fillet every piece of fillet by hand. Uh, we dip it in, in milk wash and, um, and then we pressure fry, pr- pressure fry everything. That, and then we have a 20 minute hold time. So everything is fresh and, and prepared for you. So, so that's why it takes so many people is because we, we've got, you know, guidelines and things that are, that we, we have to, we have to hit. Oh my gosh. I did not know that. My mouth is still open. I thought they just like warmed it up, warmed it up for us. Or it's something. in the microwave, right? No, it right. does not work that way. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll give you a tour. Fries? Okay. Off, off cuff. We'll, we'll do, you and Steph can come and we'll do a tour. You can come to the back yes. of the house. You Paul, see, don't you, don't hey, you go back we'll on that. It. We'll do it. We, we hand squeeze every lemon that, uh, what? That is, is, oh my God. So the lemonade is is only three uh, ingredients: lemon juice, sugar, and water. That's all we put in that beautiful lemonade that comes out of uh, Chick Fil A. So, yep, everything's lo- oh, everything's locally Paul, made. Paul, ca- the caveat tomorrow morning, I will be in there. <laughs> caveat, knock on the door. The tours at four a.m. before it opens, but it'll still give us a tour. No, nope. I'll hook you up. We can do it. Oh, that sounds amazing. So, Paul, let me give you a little story here, sir, of the first time I had Chick Fil A breakfast. Okay, so I used to work for a corporation here in Columbus that it's a large corporation. And one of the traditions of this finance department that I worked in was any new employee or any early morning activity that we had to be in for like an earnings call that we had to be in there early, someone would pick up a Chick-fil-A platter of those chicken minis. Oh, yes. (laughs) And I had never had I had never had this before. So I'm the new guy. They brought in, you know, for me, I think it was my second day on the job. They brought in this platter and then asked me, have you had Chick-fil-A breakfast before? I'm like, no, I, I haven't. I'm like, this, this looks good. And, and everyone in the, in the department's like, you have no idea what you're in for, <laughs> right? And so we start eating these and these, these things are so flipping addictive. Yeah. These chicken minis. And I came home, I'm like, Steph, 
Have you had Chick-fil-A breakfast before? Yeah, because he totally did. These are incredible. The next day we had Chick-fil-A for breakfast. It, Let's just it, say unbelievable. that. Unbelievable. So, so, every, so every new person that I hired... One of the first things was, okay, have you had Chick-fil-A breakfast before? And I remember the one, the one gentleman, he was probably, he's probably 30 years old. And he's like, no, I, I didn't even know they served breakfast. And I'm like, what? brother, you, you just wait till tomorrow morning when you pull in and you get some of this. And so Paul, he has his first Chick-fil-A chicken mini. And he, his reaction was like mine. He's like, I had no idea this was what I was missing out on in life. And then again, Paul, we are professionals okay but we are having a corporate conversation with this finance department of why these chicken sandwiches are so addicting and one person's like i think they put crack cocaine in these chicken sandwiches because you are addicted (laughs) you are addicted as soon as you eat this first sandwich so you can verify no crack no no crack cocaine in the sandwiches on the chicken minis there is uh honey butter and that's what is so addictive on the top yeah it's a nice oh my gosh yeah they're incredible. It's I mean, so they good. go so fast. So good. While we're there, meetings. breakfast, the, the biscuits are hand-rolled uh, every <gasps> morning. Fresh biscuits. So our biscuits are smack your mama good. They're that good. I mean, <laughs> very good. So, yeah. What is your most popular item? So the nuggets have uh, moved beyond um, the sandwiches. But as far as the, the number one selling item is our waffle fries. Um, oh, the waffle fries. So, okay. Yeah. So that good. makes sense. Actually, from a food safety standpoint, it's ice because ice is a food product and 92% of anything that goes out of the restaurant has ice in it. Um, that's yeah. kind of the stat there. But but really food-wise, it's waffle fries. Wow. So I wanted to ask you, how often, Paul, do you get asked by someone as to why you're not open on Sundays? Probably weekly. Um, I bet. Yeah. So, so just some, some background information. So Truett uh, was our founder. He actually founded uh, Chick-fil-A in 1946 under the guise of the Dwarf Grill uh, in Hapeville, Georgia. And it was across from a Ford plant and it was just kind of, it was a six days a week, 24 seven. And he always made that commitment way back in 1946. And most restaurants back in those days were closed on Sundays, but uh we didn't get um, into Chick-fil-A until the late 60s. And the story behind that is he had a brother, Ben, who was a partner with him. And they owned a second restaurant. That second Dwarf Grill actually burnt down in the early 60s. And then Ben, uh, Truett's brother, actually died in a plane crash. So Truett oh, went from having two restaurants and a partner in business to his brother passing away and only now having one restaurant. So he had some extra time on his hands and in that capacity and in that free space, he began to tinker with uh, a boneless chicken breast and to figure out how to, how to make a sandwich out of this. And back in the sixties, chicken wasn't a thing. Um, It was, you know, the, the McDonald's and the burgers were kind of exploding. Uh, So, so true. It just saw an opportunity and he, said, hey, what what does it taste like if you butter that bun, put two pickles on it, and <laughs> put that chicken on it? And Truett, in 1964, created the Chick-fil-A sandwich. Three years later, we launch into the malls. And back in the, the 60s, food what there wasn't a food court. In fact, Chick-fil-A was the pioneer of the food court. And, uh, and Truett wow. had to, had to 
to try to get all these malls. Because, I mean, malls didn't, you know, they sell clothes, shoes, sporting goods. They, they did all this stuff. And then we don't want food on our carpet, right? They, 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 they thought yeah. that that was crazy. Like, why would you sell food when people are shopping? People want to shop and leave. But he said, no, people want to shop and eat and stay longer and then they'll spend more money and maybe they'll come right. eat again. And he really helped pioneer uh, the food court back in the sixties. So from 67 to about late eighties, we were strictly in the malls and then we began to, to grow into freestanding restaurants and then just slowly climb. Uh, and I love that phrase that Dan, our president and CEO, which is true at Sun, that three kids are still working in the business, but just talks about building the business and climbing with care and confidence. Um, and confident that we've got a great product and great people, but we also want to be careful not to be too prideful and to try to blow up. And I mean, because those are a dime a dozen, right? You remember Chi Chi's, you remember, and yes. I think I think Five yes. Guys is kind of in the midst of that. Like they kind of had this huge blow up and then you kind of get too big and then you blow out and then people forget about you. Ponderosa, a steakhouse yes. that was, you know, around and then they're not around anymore. Right. So Chick-fil-A has just been very cautious and, and has done a great job to be a brand that people love. Um, and, and we kind of, that Sunday deal kind of tease people, I guess, uh, to say, Hey, you got to get us the other six days. So I think part, partly for well, three reasons, true. did it so you could spend time with family. He was a great family guy. So people can rest. Yeah. You, you're, you're, I mean, you see us on a Monday, as opposed to a different restaurant that's been open 300 and something days in a row on a Monday, mm -hmm. it's a different restaurant. So people need to rest. And then people, if they want to worship, to have that freedom to do that. So that was that original design behind that. I love the character of Chick-fil-A because you're looking at the numbers and how many millions, if not billions of dollars that you're making. And you could make more if you just would open up Sunday. And they won't do that. Mm -hmm. So right? I have this, yeah. So it's estimated Chick-fil-A surrenders more than a billion dollars in annual sales mm -hmm. by being closed on sure. a weekend day, yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah, that's Big true. Day. I mean, huge, huge shopping day. Sunday's massive, yes. right? Especially, and I'm outside exactly. of Sam's. Uh, I'm, I'm across from the largest uh, shopping in, in Easton in the Midwest. Um, so yep. yeah, it would be a no-brainer, right? To open and right. we'd, we'd, we'd be packed on Sunday. But the value of rest, you can't put dollars on that. I mean, our people mm. are not burdened. Um, they they know every week if even if they had to work six, which hardly any of our people work six days, but even if they had to do that, they would have Sundays are coming. Sundays are coming. I know mm. I can rest. Right. Um, so it's just built in to honor and value that day. What has been your busiest day? So we, uh, volume wise, we have like busiest yes. sales day. Busy yeah. sales day. Yeah. Yes. So we're our busiest sales day is right at $37,000 in one day, um, which by comparison, most quick service restaurants do between seven and $11,000 a day. Wow. <laughs> oh my Would that gosh. be like a, like a 4th of July weekend or something or a Thanksgiving, no, Black our, Friday? Our, like those like Memorial Day, July 4th, those are typically yeah. some slower days for us. Um, that was just a normal Saturday where our team was just cranking, hitting on all cylinders. Um, and really on the weekends now, and and I think in this month, we've had over 11 days where we've been over $30,000. Um, on a Tuesday, you know, on Tuesdays, we're doing that kind of volume. So um, it really is, is a testament to the great people, great systems that we have. And we've got a great product people love. Uh, those waffle fries and those nuggets and those chicken. Yes. Um, so it helps. Yes. You know. 
What was your opening day? Because I will tell you, when Chick-fil-A, when the girls at work found out that there was a Chick-fil-A <laughs> opening day, yeah. everyone yes. was so excited. Yeah, like and someone went to your opening day and they're like, we... They're like, the line was so long, it was backed up so far. But again, you were just cranking out. Did it surprise you how busy you were on that opening day? No, we planned for that. In fact, Chick-fil-A brings in some trainers all across the country, and they help support us for those first two days. And I'm glad you said they felt like that we were cranking it out, because I look back now, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, we were so bad Like when we opened. <laughs> it's, it's fun. And, and the analogy that I use is Chick-fil-A is kind of the Mozart of the industry, you know, they, it, it works in harmony. It's supposedly perfect and all those things. But when you grand open, we had 90 new team members and one person had Chick-fil-A experience. I'm sorry, two. Really? And somebody else. So you come that first day and you're thinking, oh, this is, I can't wait. And then we've got you and you're in Rookies. an auditorium with 2000 people expecting Mozart on the stage. And we get 90 people on stage clanging on the keyboard who've never played the piano before. Right. And it's just like, this is disastrous. You know? So from a, especially coming from a restaurant and I left that was fine tuned. Right. And then you come to something yep. that you got to get all 90 people pulling in the same boat. It's just, but two years later, thankfully, and now we have 124 team members on our team um, and they're trained, they're equipped and, they're they're running they're running the restaurant and just doing a paint and they're leading, um, right? And, and I think that that's a little bit what's different too about what Chick Fil A does is we have professionals who run certain areas of the business, and we don't just have fast food managers. We have directors, you know, who are directing the drive through, and they take ownership of just that area of the business, and then they have a team of twenty to twenty five people that they're over, and so we've got people who make it a career and and do really well in it. So is it true, Paul, that when you open a new restaurant, the first 100 customers get Chick-fil-A, free Chick-fil-A for a year? That is, yes. It is. It is, yeah. So it, it changed the rules just a hair, um, but you because they don't want you to like go and do that everywhere and have all these, you know, these free meals and then people locally can't participate. So if you have the zip code within 30 minutes of where that restaurant is opening, you can camp out the night before. And you win Chick-fil-A for a year. Um, and it's and we, we did that. We did the first 100 giveaway. And we had people uh, camping out in our parking lot. And we're stoked. Uh, I, mean, just, <laughs> I bet. We call them raving fans. People who are passionate <laughs> about Chick-fil-A. And just will, will fight you uh, if you say anything negative about Chick-fil-A. I mean, they're that passionate about Chick-fil-A. So we had 100 raving fans show up in our parking lot. And it was just so cool. I mean, it's a great experience. What do you give them? You get a golden ticket or something? So they, How, so yeah, you give so them? They, get a, they get a card that they put on their keychain. It's got you know scanned that they just come through and okay. scan it. And we uh, has a free meal on it. That is wow. awesome. So it's like once a month, once a week, every, like, how does that yeah. work? So it's 52 meals a year. So it's one, one, okay. one time a, week. Once a yeah. week. I think it's like close to $500 value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so crazy. Paul, I've got a trivia question for you, sir. Let's see if you can, uh, let's see how close you get on this one. You may know it quite honestly. You talked a minute ago about how Chick-fil-A strategically grows, right? you mentioned like Chi-Chi's and Ponderosa and all that. So one of the stats that blew me away this afternoon when I was researching Chick-fil-A, when was the last time that Chick-fil-A had a decline in their annual year-over-year -year store sales? Do you have any idea? So never. You take a guess. Uh, so I think it's been, we've grown like 50 years in a row. Um, I, 1982. 19, okay. So, so 82. So with the exception of 82, 
that was a year where 20% interest rates, it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, yes. So, um, yeah. So there, uh, outside of that, um, yes. we just have seen significant, significant growth. Yeah. So like one time in the last almost 40 yeah. years, that's incredible. Well, and just and Kevin, just to give some perspective on that too. I mean, if if some of our competitors grow two to three percent a year, that's just a huge victory for them. Right. But for us, you know, we we are seeing we're just in a season of tremendous growth, and I really believe God has His hand on so much of that. But I mean, the last decade we're growing year over year, double digits in an industry yeah. that that just doesn't happen. And uh, so it's 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 wild, man. I mean, every day is an adventure. It really is. That's incredible. Okay, so last question before we let you go. We want to be very respective of your time here. What can Steph and I do to try to get you on one of those Chick Fil A commercials, Paul? Yes. <laughs> do we you, need to get you a jet ski on the couch? The red couch, right? <laughs> man, that is a great question. I will have to put a little bit more thought into that. But um, I have a face for radio, not television. So. <laughs> you know, so uh, <laughs> I think you have to be a little bit prettier to be on the couch, but uh, yeah. So. Well, hey, if if you need some help, we just just let us know. We will uh, we'll do anything we need to get get you uh, on the TV on there, the Paul. And, yeah, promote you on that red couch. Absolutely. So, can I say one, one thing just to encourage people? Um, Please. I love you know really what, what attracted me to Chick Fil A was was our corporate uh, purpose, and it's about mission. And one of the things that we really speak to and, and preach is just our goal is to have a positive impact with everyone that we encounter um, and to glorify God by being a faithful steward with those people that we encounter. So if you think of 2,500, 2,700 transactions a day, and those people have family members, so sometimes we're serving six to 8,000 people a day. Sometimes, you know, you get a guess that's frustrated or sometimes you get it wrong. But if we can all have a mindset of, man, I just want to make the person who's across from me better. Mm -hmm. I just want to impact them in a positive fashion. Then, man, where would this world be? Right. right? How different would our world be if it wasn't about being right or if it wasn't about, uh, you know, offending people, whatever it might be. But, man, I just want to have a positive encounter with the next person who comes in front of me. And then the next one, and then the next one. And all of a sudden, 60-something years later, you build a brand that people trust because their desire every day is just to have a positive impact with those who they encounter. And we can do that. We can do, you can do that in your business. The, the listeners, whatever place they're in, if they want to challenge their team members tomorrow, hey guys, let's have a different mindset about the way that we interact with, interact with people, then that's how you change culture. And that's how you get people on board. That is mm. so good. Now that that's is so the way to good. Show. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, amazing. if you ever want to meet Mr. Paul Rankin, please feel free to stop by his Easton restaurant, mm -hmm. Chick Fil A. Well, Paul, thank you so much. Absolutely love this. Thank you for coming on our podcast. It's truly my pleasure. Absolutely. Listeners, if you like what you just saw, like what you just heard, please go to iTunes. Go to YouTube and subscribe, rate, review this podcast. That's the only way we'll be able to continue to produce this. Where else can they go, Stephanie? They can go to kevinandsteph.com. That's all I know. So, is that it? You crushed it. Yes, crushed it. Thank you, listeners. <laughs>